All right, welcome to episode three of the Armchair Critics podcast. We are the underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life with little to no background or supporting evidence. My name is Sean and I'm joined by Jack. Howdy, Sean. How you doing, mate? I'm, I'm great. Had a, had a quite a big Friday night with cricket washout and played the rain card quite heavily, so life's good, mate. That's the way. Thanks for tuning in to episode three, guys. Uh, first two episodes have gone quite well. We've been... Uh, yeah, pretty blown away, to be honest, with the number of streams that we're getting. I thought we'd probably get about four or five listeners, yeah. but uh, you guys all seem to be getting around it, so uh, the yeah, feed- much appreciated. The feedback's great. The the suggestions for our segments has been overwhelming, which is cool. Yeah, so creating- please, please drop them away, because it makes it more fun for us as well, more interactive with you guys. Yeah, creating plenty of banter through the week, that is for sure, at work and at cricket. People are, people are tuning in at work, mate. It's I, yeah. I, I've got one person from work that listens. I don't know if I want too many from work that listen because uh, I do talk a lot of shit. <laughs> well, that's fair, mate, but they, surely they already know that. No, we, we do important government work at my place. so no, That's fair enough. Up the feds. All right, so we'll get this podcast underway. We'll move on to our cricket. And to start, to start this cricket segment, we've got the Wolpakowski concussion. So, you want to talk a bit about that, Jack? Yeah, so obviously we saw, this is about a week ago now, uh, or maybe just over a week ago, actually. Um, with Was it the uh, start of the Shield game? So, the, it, it was partway through a Shield game. Um, so, he'd opened the batting in his Shield return, got 50-odd, um, put on another good partnership with Marcus Harris, which is both a good and a bad thing for Australian <laughs> cricket, in my opinion. Um but then we saw on, I think it was the morning of day three, um, he was hit uh, in the head with a volleyball during warm-up, um, which, you know, obviously with the with him, we know how high risk he is with concussion. Um, and then obviously he took the field and managed to take the field for a whole three balls before he had to be subbed off because he was having dizzy spells. So uh, it's... His 11th concussion. That's actually um, insane. From a non-contact sport, yeah. that is just obscene. So, it's massively he's, worrying signs, in my opinion. He's only early 20s, too. Yeah, he is. What is he, 22, maybe? It's just... It, it all started, I think, in a footy injury, actually. Playing yeah. playing rugby league. Um, or AFL, actually. He's probably AFL, AFL Victoria. Uh, one of the southerners. So, but, yeah, no, it's incredibly worrying. And now it just seems to be that any small knock results in extreme kind of symptoms for him. And uh, look, you know, I, I've had a couple in my time playing hockey and it's not a great feeling to get a few in a short period of time. But I mean, that's from copping hips to the sides of the head and stuff, like full contact. It's yeah. not, not from being hit in the head with a soft volleyball in a warm-up game. He's actually probably the, the human definition of made of glass. Yeah. Quite it, literally. And it's such a shame too because... He'd have played 15 tests for Australia already, probably. If And it means we wouldn't have to watch Marcus Harris play for Australia. And instead, he's played one. And I just, I just don't... I don't know how we're going to see him back in the test arena. Because you'd think he's going to have to have at least a year, like a good year or two in the, on the domestic scene to, to properly get a look, um, like he did before he made his debut. And I just can't see him going two years. Just stringing the without, games together. With, without having to sit out for eight or nine months with a concussion. It's just... It, it's proper worrying. And I I, the, I saw Chris Rogers came out in the media this week saying that the... You know, um, obviously plenty of speculation about whether he should be medically retired, which is not something you really ever hear about in, in cricket, especially from a young batsman. You know, not uncommon for 
you know, maybe a 28 to 32-year-old bowler to have to retire a little bit early. But to see a, a 22-year-old batsman in speculations of being medically retired, is it, it's, it's proper sad because he's one of the best up-and-coming talents we've got in this country. Did, did they come out and say he's not, he's going to continue to play? Um, they said that they're going to have the discussions. He is obviously keen to play on. He thinks that he'll, he'll be fine to play on. But you just, with all the research that's come out in the last kind of five years, especially around the NFL, yeah, the CTE stuff with yeah setting, setting up for it, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, and with like the you know guys that are passing away far too early from having her, these horrific brain injuries from contact sports, and you can see the damage it's, it, it it takes, and it's obviously taken its toll. It has to take its toll. So, yeah, it's pretty worrying, in my opinion. So what are what warm-ups are they going to introduce at Victoria? Well, I think that the 10 players need to warm up on their own, and he needs to warm up 50 metres away from anyone else, <laughs> far away from anything that can hurt him. In, in bubble wrap. Wrapped in bubble wrap. Probably with headgear, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. So, But no, and it, it is worrying because I, I certainly think that there is a scenario that plays out here where he never plays cricket again. Unfortunately, I, I, I really... Oh, sorry, unfortunately is the wrong word. I really hope that doesn't happen. Just not for... Not just for, like, selfishly as an, Austra- as an Australian and cricket fan, but for Will in particular. You, like, just, you just don't want to see that happen to anyone. Worked his whole life to get to this position and he's had a pretty unfortunate run of head knocks. And he's been highly regarded... A long for a long time coming up through the junior ranks and stuff. You know, he broke the record at the under-17s national championships, just uh, smashed a record that no one ever thought was going to get broken, and he beat it still with, like, two days to go. <laughs> so he's just... I think he scored four or five hundreds in the week. He's just a freak, Jesus. mate. So, yeah, it's massively disappointing to to see a young fellow. Seems like a good kid to go through this kind of uh, struggle with something that seems so innocuous at the time. For sure. Um, moving on to other news, we've got Usman Kouhaja's leaving the Sydney Thunder. Has he been there since BBL1? He is one of their foundation players. So this was uh, this news only really broke yesterday. Kind of caught me by surprise, really. Me too. Um, because, yeah, he's been a he's foundation player. He's from Sydney. Um, he's been a massive... He was the a massive part of them winning the title in BBL05, I reckon. So, massive part of that. Scored 100 in the semi-final, pretty much. 104 Got him there. Um, and whenever he's available to play in the Big Bash, um, he's a real X-factor. You know, for a guy that, you know, plays with a bit of flair, but that, far out, he's, he's got some serious T20 skills. That, so. that combination with Hales is pretty pretty rock solid. Left-hand, right-hand, both go 360 just about. Absolutely. So, um, and that's a big reason they've been so successful in the last two years. You know, breakout of obviously some other players, but... The Hales Kawaja opening combination has just been phenomenal. So, um, no, it's it's disappointing because oh, I am actually a Thunder fan, not being from Sydney, but I do follow the Sydney Thunder. Gross. So it's a massive loss for them. But he did cite um, that him and his wife, I believe, are trying to have another child. That's cool. So they've got one with one more potentially on the way um, and want, citing wanting to be closer to home, that's which is totally fair. That's because, so good for us Brisbane Heat fans. Well, yeah. So, and I mean... Brisbane Heat refused watch, to... Watch us botch this, though. Yeah, the Heat refused to uh, to comment on any con- any potential contract negotiations, but you've just got to assume that he'll sign with the Heat next year. Um, so if they sign Uzi, do they keep Lynn? Um, yeah, I think so. so I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really sure Lynn will want to go anywhere. 
I'm, I think... I'm of the same opinion, but there's definitely been a, a few chats about Lyn going looking elsewhere at least for contract negotiations. But maybe I, 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 I mean, seem just pricing himself a bit better for for the heat. Um, and then I was reading a bit of stuff about Buff not coaching and going to a different role at the Heat. So it could be a good could be the refresher they need. Yeah, absolutely. Keep their state core together who keep doing pretty well over the last few years. Yeah, I mean it, they they probably do need an overhaul. It's probably been long overdue, to be honest. There's a lot of guys that have been given a lot of opportunity that have done absolutely nothing over the last kind of two or three years and it's probably time for them to stop putting so much faith in these guys that continue to let them down over and over again. Which I think is what the other clubs do quite well. Is yeah. that they like they rotate they their players their until and they're like they're not they don't beat their head against the wall, hoping to break through it. What's you know it? that if they, if something doesn't work, they just chop and change it until they find a combo that works. It's kind it's borderline insanity that we keep running it back with the same blokes over and over again, just watching the same mistakes over and over again, yeah, expecting different results. So, um, but yeah, so that was uh, some big news coming out, and obviously it all depends on uh, his availability. All depends on uh, whether he gets selected in the test squads. And things like that. So, you know, he didn't play a lot this big bash because he was with the test squad. So, obviously, his impact for the Heat next year, you would assume, or absence from the Thunder will really only be dependent on how much he actually plays. But massive would be a massive pickup for the Heat. 100%. If, uh, yeah. They need to make it happen. Um, moving on, we've got one of our little personal favourites in the Armchair Critics podcast. He's having a couple of unbelievable domestic seasons. Nick Maddinson. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what he does uh, in the 2020s for the Renegades and the Big Bash. He just goes out and looks like he just tries to hack from ball one. Um, but, I mean, you look at his body of work in the last kind of three plus years. Since he made the move from New South Wales to Victoria, um, he had that one year where he busted his arm, but he's averaged over 60 in every other season. Averages 65 for Victoria over the last four seasons, um, including this year where he's averaging 90. So and they came out of the last shield game um, with a draw. Yeah, against Queensland. Against Queensland. Um, but he made 110 not out, which got them a very small lead in the first innings, and then made 40 not out in the second inning, or 30 something not out in the yeah, second. I think he hit 150 not out for the whole for the game. whole for the game. So he's just in some unbelievable touch, and it's not as if it's just a flash in the pan. He's been he's been doing it for a while now. Um, and I firmly believe that I think he might be on standby to go to Pakistan if anything happens to the batsman. But I would love to see him get another crack. I don't think he was ready do you when think, they gave him his first opportunity. Where do you think he bats? Is it like a, the kind of Travis Head spot? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I think it is that spot. And I mean, it's hard to see. Look, Travis Head he just got man of the series in a yeah. Ash, in a home Ashes series. So it's hard to see that they're going to move on from him anytime soon. It's good, at but that stranger things depth. have happened. Oh, mate, it's great to have the depth because and anything could happen, and he can bat anywhere. Yeah, well, look, even you know, if Steve Smith gets injured, or oh, okay. Marnus gets injured, Hetty gets injured, or even one of the openers gets injured, Kawaja moves up to open, and you know. Well, even like look at the Ashes back. series, like there's the COVID stuff at Adelaide as well. So. Yep. Oh, exactly right. So it's always good to have the depth, and I think he would be the perfect guy to come in. I don't think he's ever hit a cricket ball better, hit a red ball better. I, I think he's just he's in red hot form. And like I said, I don't think he was ready. They, you know, they debuted him in 2016. Quite young. Australia probably, you know, we were struggling a little bit. It's kind of out of nowhere too. Yeah, and it was, you know, he was he'd kind of been pretty open saying that he was kind of struggling and you know mentally and with his cricket in that time so and they picked him kind of threw him to the wolves against a very good south african team at the time um 
and that was in the series when Ferguson got one test, got dropped. Joe Manny got one test, got dropped. Joe Manny. So, yeah. And Nick Madison got, I think, three tests and then he got dropped as well. So, it's one of those things where we were just churning through players like it was going out of fashion. Um, And I think think now it is the perfect time to get him back. I think he's just in red hot form. Couldn't agree more, mate. Um, He's definitely doing doing what what he can do. It's the small... now, what's the one up top? We've had a pretty good, pretty good test series. Absolutely, and it's I guess uh, I guess order. Australian cricket we're pretty fortunate. It, the depth is probably not something that we've really had. It's a good luxury all the time. It's a great luxury to have guys like him, um, you know, Scott Boland, even Michael Nisa, Jai Richardson in the test scene. I'll be honest, guys I like was that. Not a fan of Scotty Boland getting picked, um, but I had to eat my words. Very, very tough. Yeah, I thought the um, the selection it. it Came a little out of the blue, I thought. Um, but knowing his record at the MCG in the last it was good. few years, it was it's a good very selection. Good. So, and I mean, that Australia stuck with their guns and went, "Oh, well, we're picking. We're going horses for courses here, and we're going to pick a, a, basically a specialist for this test." I did enjoy how Nisa got a crack as well. Jai got another crack. Bolan got a crack. Yeah, they all did pretty well. Unfortunately, Nisa is probably now number six. In the same as yeah, it's pretty hard to to see him getting another test for a while unless we do get a big spate of injuries or COVID related outs. It is an elite lineup. Yeah. So, but again, he adds something different. Like he's a, a very very capable batsman. Mm. Like he, you know, made some pretty handy runs in that Adelaide test that he played. Um, whereas you probably don't see Richardson or Boland playing that kind of role. No, nah, Jai's not bad. No, he's not bad, but he's, like, he's a bit of a slapper. <coughs> I think he's he scored twenty four runs in Test cricket and he's hit three bombs. So, bombs. Yeah, niche stat. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, just building depth. I think in Australian cricket and it's giving guys the exposure that again probably didn't have. So that when we had all those older guys retire, we just had a whole lot of guys who'd played no international cricket, having to come and kind of forge their own way with nothing around them. So yeah, it's a weird interchange period for sure. Yeah. Um, Moving on to another domestic cricketer, one of your favourites, Sam Truloff. Yeah, and this is, you know, just a bit of a feel-good story for me, I think. Um, and it was just one of those things. He had a had a crack at domestic cricket probably four or five years ago. Probably didn't perform as well as he would have liked. And he's, you know, with the strength in Queensland cricket, he's kind of been forced to wait yeah. for another opportunity. Um and then he came out. He had a uh, a really good BPL, so the the Brisbane T Twenty comp. Oh yeah, performed quite well for the team. I think they ended up losing in the grand final for the Dingoes, whoever they were. Gross. Um, Next, but he then he started the grade year all right, and then the two days started, and he just couldn't stop scoring runs. Was well, his, his lowest score like seventy? His first six digs in two day cricket for Wests this year, he made five hundreds and a seventy. And one, and that some of the hundreds were big daddy hundreds, like two hundred and thirties, one hundred and sixty, and a two hundred and nineteen or something. Bloody ridiculous! That's more than I've hit me lot. Seriously, so he's just braining them. And Queensland were basically, and actually, what caused it was that Joe Burns got yeah. struck down with COVID. Yeah. So they needed a bat at short notice, and went, oh, Sam can have another crack. He went out and batted quite well in that Shield game, and it, it, the, it, it was good. all it was all over in about two days. Might a stiff LBW decision maybe in the first innings. But then he made his one-day domestic debut. Against, went out and, against the Vicks. Yeah, and went out and made 80. Look good. Look good. So he's obviously... And you know, this is another thing where, you know, you really do yourself and the player a whole lot of good by picking them when they're in form. 
and I don't, you know, it, and it all just goes to show you're only ever five hundreds and a seventy away from making it to the next level. <laughs> piece of piss. Sure, that's it. Um, and another piece of news that actually broke. Well, I read it this morning. Um, was that Shane Warne officially put his hat in the ring for the England coach, head coach position? This is some Magoo stuff from Warney. This he's, is he's, rogue. He is um. I'm not sure what's going on with Warney, but he's gone quite wild for Warney standards the last couple of years. His commentary's plummeted. Um, now he wants to go coach the arch enemy. What coaching has he done? So he's coached uh, the whatever the London team is over in the or the team um, the, the, the hundred. So, but uh, as far as I'm aware, that's oh no, actually that's a lie. I reckon he was the captain coach of the stars. No, oh no, of the Rajasthan Royals in the first year of the IPL. Ew. So he's got a little bit, um, but this is that's not this even is close to Test cricket. This is rogue. However, this is just I, I woke up and I actually couldn't believe what I read. I had to go find another article to make sure it was legit. <laughs> not, not like a chaser article or nah, something. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not just the Batura <laughs> advocate absolutely taking the piss. Um, uh, but no, and this is rogue. I cannot see this happening. Um, but I, I don't hate them getting him in as like a spin bowling consultant, but I think that is about as much influence as you'd want him to have on a cricket team. Hear me out. I've got a theory. Oh, this will be good. So, Warney, proud Australian, puts his hand in to go coach England. Hasn't coached any long-form cricket. And then just fucking botches them even further. I'm in. Go, Warney. Do your thing. Yeah, no, I just... I, I can't see it working. I don't know whether England would even be interested. Um... They might be, given the shambolic state that they're in at the minute. But uh, <laughs> I just can't see it being a, a, a feasible type option. Like we said last week, anything can't be worse. But I reckon that could be worse than what they're doing now. Pop a warning in as your test coach. You reckon they could do worse? Or I reckon, you reckon that would be make, worse. Oh, you reckon it would be worse? I reckon it would be worse. Yeah. And I mean, I, you, again, you just don't know the kind of relationships that... Um, that yeah. he's got with the players, and again, look, and that's obviously it's been proven in the Australian camp, especially that the relationships is about the most important part. Yeah, well, in saying that, like he did coach in the hundred, which is an England-based tournament, so he may have, have a few like concrete relationship with the boys over there. But yeah. on on the Australian coaching situation, there's another report this week. Here we go. Uh, that uh, again, there's been nearly no media speculation about this person might get hired, that person might get hired. So obviously they're not even looking, but they quizzed Andrew McDonald on it through the week. And he said, oh, no, no, we're not really focusing on that. We're just trying to focus on making sure the boys are ready to play their best cricket. And that's the, that's the diplomatic answer for, yeah, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> so it just seems like that is, it's just a matter of when, not if. I don't know how else you'd handle that as Andrew McDonald, though. It's a bit like the Pat Cummins situation, oh, isn't it? What are you supposed to say? Just getting thrown out in the deer in front of headlights. Yeah, Top absolutely. This. All right, so we'll now move into our overrated, underrated segment, which has been a much-loved segment in the last couple of weeks. A lot of people writing in, um, agreeing, but mostly disagreeing um, yeah. with some of our stances. The sliced cheese actually was particularly uh, divisive. Easily the most responded one, for sure. Um, most people tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. You're actually wrong. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree. Um, but there are some people that have said that the sliced cheese is also overrated. So, so. my mum calls it lazy man cheese. It's not lazy. It's just time efficient. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> you, you just got to be efficient. Time is money. Work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. Life motto. All right. So the first one I got for you today, Sean, tuna. 
Underrated. Massively underrated. So many people hate it. It's so good. Dad calls it cat food. And I I say, you can give me the pilchards. Yeah. No, it's good for you. And it's just tasty. Massive, big in the omegas. Yeah. And so good in sushi. Tuna avo sushi is just unbelievable. You're laughing. So, yeah. No, I'm with you there, Sean, actually. That's surprising. All right. My first one for you is plain milk. Massively underrated. I agree. Massively underrated. There is nothing better than walking to the fridge and just having a couple of gulps of milk straight out of the fridge. Absolutely. You don't put it in a cup. No, nah, straight out of the if cup. If you haven't, however, if you're having a meal, put it in a cup. But if you just need a little little bit of thirst quenching, water might not hit it, get yourself some milk. So good. Straight from the bottle. My next one, Sean, fireworks. Slightly overrated. I reckon they are hugely overrated. Who cares? Kids. I just never, I never Aren't really... Are you having them s- soon? What? Are you having kids soon? Oh, right <laughs> on, mate. Um, I just... <laughs> oh, that's rattled me. Um, I just don't see the appeal in them. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion on it. But yeah. slightly overrated. It's like New Year's Eve. And New Year, like the New Year's festivities and celebrations and New Year, New Me shit. I'm just, I can't get Man, around it. New Year, New Me's. I'll say them, but I definitely won't apply them. Yeah, no, nah, it's just, it's dust for mine. Fair. I tend to agree. So my next one for you is the city of Brisbane. Overrated. Massively. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> and this, like, and this might just be complete ignorance, but like, we drive around the Gold Coast and yeah, the traffic sucks, but... And I'm just not familiar with Brisbane because I don't spend enough time up there. But well, no, no, you've spent, you spent enough time up there. Yeah, it, uh, you drive around Brisbane and it sucks. Their, no, their even road the, systems suck. Even the suburbs. Yeah. Dust. So, yeah, and it's just, and we're incredibly fortunate to be living down here on the Gold. It's a pretty good place to live, to be fair. But uh, yeah, no, like, I'm not a real fan of going to Brisbane. Even if you work there, like I worked there for a year in Brizzy, leave either side of it. Go to Sunny Coast, go to Gold Coast. Don't live in Brisbane. It's just a shithole. Yeah. There's not much to do there. Yeah, it's better than heading west though. You head west from Brisbane, no, you don't, it starts you to just, get grim. Oh, quick! It's all a flood at the moment. Yeah. Oh, mate. Shades of 2011. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, my next one here, Sean, is Drake. Ooh. So I used to think he was overrated, but I think he's perfectly rated now. He um he was pretty untouchable around like 2016 to 18, like. We, you and I first started going out clubbing like as 18-year-olds, more so me than you, but it's pretty rare you'd get into a club and be in there for half an hour and not hear at least one drizzy song just bopping the dance floor. Yeah, I think he's a bit underrated. I reckon he gets lost. What do you mean yeah. by that? Oh, just not in enough discussions for like your top rappers. I, I don't reckon he's discussed enough. I reckon he's underrated. <sighs> yeah. 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 Just my opinion. Yeah, it's all right. Um, my one for you is zoos, like the animals. Like going to the zoo. Yeah. Um, I never really spent a whole lot of time in zoos. I'm going to say they're perfectly rated. I just I you don't, don't like animals. No, I don't have an opinion either way. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence here. I'm gonna say perfectly rated because I mean people that like going to the zoos by all means I totally get the uh, the attraction there. People that hate going to the zoos, I kind of get that too. <laughs> okay, uh, but no, I I don't don't feel strongly enough to. Right, so then, like a slight something more closer to home. What about SeaWorld? Yeah, same thing. 
Yeah. Same thing. Just, you know, people that want to go there, that I'm fine with that. People that don't want to go there, I'm fine with that also. I'm just, yeah. No, I'm not a massive, uh, like, theme park attraction kind of person. I'm not going to Movie World, Sea World, Wind World, Australia Zoo. It's all good people. I just... Have you been to Australia Zoo? Um, maybe once. Long time ago. Yeah, I reckon I, I was seven. Yeah, I think I'd be in the same boat too, which is yeah. pretty... Disgraceful considering I lived there for seven years. <laughs> Prince of Nambour. Royalty. Oh. My next one, Tom Brady. I want to say perfectly rated, but I don't really gauge the interest of Tom Brady very well. I'm not a massive NFL guy. Um, is he the go? Um, if he's, I, cons- I, I reckon he's considered like, the goat he- by about seventy percent. I would people. say. I would then say perfectly rated. His record of his record of work is. I reckon he's underrated. Really? Yeah. He has won more Super Bowls than any franchise. That's pretty fucking funny, actually. <laughs> it is maybe the most outrageous stat in sports yeah. that one dude has won more Super Bowls than any franchise. So obviously, Including the he one because he won six. Patriots. He won six with the Patriots and one with the Bucks, the Buccaneers, and. Did he play yeah. 22 seasons? Yeah, or something like that. And won one in his second year and won one in his second last year. So, like, he dominated the game for 20-plus years after finally getting a crack. He's just phenomenal, mate. Probably up there, he'd be top. I reckon he's top 10 sportsman all time. Massive call. Pretty big call. Without having considered anyone else, I reckon he's in my top 10. That is, um, that is entirely your opinion. I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, that's that's why you think he's underrated, and I think he's probably perfectly rated. Anyway, you're all welcome for that mansplaining. We're going to move on to hiking. Underrated. Overrated. No. Nope. It's fucking shit. It is highly underrated. You're um, kidding. So we, and to be fair, we don't have a lot of time to do it anymore. So we don't, we don't do a whole lot of hiking. Um, but we went through, actually, when COVID pretty much first started, um, and there was no sport on weekends, we started going for hikes, and um, it's awesome. It's actually, and obviously we don't go in the summer. This was during the winter <laughs> because it's far too hot to do it in a... Again, work human. smarter, not harder. Exactly right. So, but no, it is, it's awesome. The The views are great and it's actually, it's really serene. Just look, you drive about an hour and it just takes yourself to a completely different place, mate. It's underrated. So, where's, what's your goat hiking track that you've done in South Queensland slash Northern New South Wales? Um, so, uh, I, to be honest, I actually don't even know what it's called. Um, we did a few and we actually did this one. We went to this place twice. Yeah. Um, and we only, cause when we, we went to it the first time when we were only just starting. So we did a, quite a small one. It was only about four or five Ks. And then we went back the second time about, I don't know, this is six weeks later. Unica? Yeah. Um, and we did the, the 13 K loop. Um, and, um, there were nearly tears that day. I, I was, <laughs> I was, no, I was genuinely fearful that I was going to have to carry Annika the last like two or three kilometers. <laughs> so she'd, um, she turned her ankle like reasonable. And like, I, I'm all for saying that she's a bit of a sook, but like she turned her ankle and it was, it blew up straight away. Oh. Anyway, she soldiered on through. Are you going up next, or downhill? We were going downhill at that stage. <laughs> so it meant that we still had about five Ks or six Ks of downhill. And then six or seven k's of uphill to come. <laughs> so I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. I'm going to spend a whole lot of time having to backpack her the whole way up. Anyway, she soldiered on, but we got to about the last two or three k's and there was some serious sucking going on. I actually thought we were going to have to like 
Did you plug just it? Stop. Did you plug your AirPods in? No, no, <laughs> no. This was, uh, yeah, no. Before, before I had AirPods, mate. This was. I remember we were just, you know, it was like the tenth or twelfth hike that we'd done, and we'd had no issues in the first few. So we were just, oh man, we were loving it. And then, uh, you know, this, yeah, it was a tough, a tough last ten odd k's. But no, it's massively underrated. I love it. Um, um, I can't cop it. Overrated. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, my last one for you, and this will be divisive. TikTok. So, like, when TikTok first came out, I thought I was too cool for it, which is pretty ridiculous because I'm quite an immature human. I think it's underrated. Um, I can't say anything else because I spend way too much time on it per day. I reckon my daily use of TikTok is 24 hours in a day. I reckon I'm on TikTok two to three hours a day. Yeah, I, I don't have TikTok. I'm, I must be one of the last 20-somethings-year-old without it. Um, and I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I do think that it is an underrated media platform for people, especially um, businesses. Yeah. Because there's so much hype around it that you go viral. Like, all it takes is one TikTok little video to go viral, and that's it, you said. And which can happen. It, that shit spreads like wildfire. Yeah. And but like, I do think it is an excellent rabbit hole for time wasting. Oh, it just outstanding. It starts with like three minutes of free time and all of a sudden you find yourself four hours later and you're like, oh, I should have gone to bed. 100%. Like there's some nights where I'll be ready for bed at eight. I'll be like, I'll just check TikTok to see if anyone sent me stuff. Yeah. And then 11.30. 11.30 like, hits. Like, Fuck. Yeah. Man, I could have been asleep for three hours. Yeah. So it's been some... And like you get all walks of life on TikTok. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think it's spoken about enough in the same realm as like Facebook and Instagram and that because I think the pool that you can have by going viral on TikTok is maybe greater than going viral on Instagram or, or Facebook. I think in definitely on compared to Facebook because it's so much easier to view than like because Facebook's got so much now going on. Like you can get posts, you can get it's fucking ads everywhere. Fuck Facebook sucks now. It's not like the good old days, but come on, Zuck, fix it up. <laughs> um, versus TikTok, you just you're literally just scrolling through it constantly, and then once it goes, it's I think I think it would be the easiest one to get viral on. That's not saying it'd be easy. I don't think I'm creative enough to go viral on TikTok. Yeah, it's a huge platform. Head for podcasts. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I got one more for you. Um, it's a TV show. Friends. Oh, I nearly put this in mind to ask you. Um, I think it is perfectly rated. It is massively overrated. It is such a horrendous sitcom. It just drags out on and on and on and on. It's not that funny. Oh, it's it's like it's kind of a bit of my humour, but oh, I I think um, Chandler's Matt Perry's character Chandler. I think is hilarious because that's my type of humor. I can't cop him. Yeah, he was cracked out most of the time in, on sets. That's very. Dead true. Dead doesn't f- remember filming three quarters of it. Yeah, but no, I've I've watched the whole thing all the way through. I I tried, man. I no. tried to give it a go. Not all. I didn't try. The person I was with at the time kind of forced me to watch it through, and I was like, "This is dust. I'm going to plug the headphones in and watch anything else." Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I I thought it was it was pretty good, but I definitely get that. But and that's why I say I think it's perfectly rated. Because I think the people that love it, love it. And the people that don't, really don't. Yeah. Nah. It just divides a nation. Divides a globe. <laughs> to Curry! Way downtown! Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! 
All right, so we'll move into our general sport chat. So first up, we're going to talk about Josh Giddy. So, yeah, uh, young Australian drafted sixth overall to my team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, now, and it was a rogue selection, to be fair. We thought he'd go in the lottery, but probably more in like the 10 to 14 range. I loved it. I thought he'd go around 7 to 10, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think most of the reports kind of had him going around that 10, 11, 12 yeah. kind of slot. You got and OKC okay, took him six. And I thought, you know what? I love that. You guys we, have we've, dra- we've anyway, drafted an Aussie. That's uh, that's just awesome. And um, and he is killing it. He started off a bit slow. Um, obviously, his passing is unbelievable. Rebounds pretty well. Um, but he just What's could his, not shoot. How's he defend? It's not bad. He's pretty big for a guard. Yeah, it's just long. So and like young, plenty of energy. So, but he's probably like any rookie struggles on the defensive end. But the last couple of weeks, he um. He's been killing it. So uh, three straight triple doubles. So we, and I think that takes him to five for the season, which I think puts him maybe level or second all time for triple doubles for rookies. Who's um, first? Do you know? Uh, it's not the big O. Uh, oh, it actually might be. Uh, I, I assume he does have the most for a rookie. It was actually so. Giddy is second all-time for a teenage rookie. Yeah, okay. So, um, Oscar Robertson, I think, we would have been into his 20s by the time he was a rookie. But yeah, the, the whole college system yeah, back then. Stayed yeah, the whole, stayed the whole, the whole four curriculum. years. So, um, yeah, and he was behind LeBron So um, for teenage rookies. But he, you know, first rookie since Magic Johnson to put up a triple-double on his debut in Madison Square Garden. That's against cool. the Knicks. Um, youngest ever to do three straight. Youngest to do, uh, youngest to have a triple double. He's just killing it, mate. And his his shot seems to be coming up a little bit better. Um, and I saw a report today that when he and Shake Gilgis Alexander are sharing the court, that Giddy will be taking a bigger workload with the ball in his hands, which I think is the right way forward. Yeah, I think it'll unlock SGA as well. Yep, because I think Giddy is a much better playmaker than SGA, and it might just allow him to say, "Hey, mate, I'm going to still give you the ball plenty. You're going to get your shots up. You'll get fed. Don't stress, brother." But I'll just take a little bit of the, the responsibility and the attention off you, which I think will be good for especially our young core going forward. Especially while OKC a stink. It's probably good to get a couple of systems in place for when they start to grow up a bit. Beat the paces in overtime today. No one cares about the fucking paces. You're kidding. Mate, Tyrese Halliburton is a gun. So 129-125. See, that Spurs-Wizards game went to the second period of overtime. Spurs got up 153 Oh, sorry, 157 to the Wizards, 153. Oh, my God. How did the Spurs score 157 points? I don't care that it's six quarters. Used to they take don't shoot it, threes. Mate, and it, and when they take, do shoot threes, they shoot them at a shit clip. It normally takes them about six weeks to score 157 oh. points. So, But my boy, DeJounte Murray, put up triple-double, 31, 14, and 13 mm. on 12 or 20 shooting. How many Kill threes? One from three. <laughs> so It's probably above his career average. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, and that was, and uh, obviously following on from last week, All-Star, it's been a pretty slow week in the NBA this week, obviously, because most of the teams have had the whole week off after the All-Star break. Yeah. Um, so, and which Team Jack wiped Team Sean off the floor, 199 to 124. We'll come back better next year. Yeah, um, much better for the run, eh? Uh, the learnings I learnt is to make sure I pick Steph Curry before Jack does, because that is a 50-point swing. Yep. That uh, pretty much makes a difference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Moving on, Sean, to the uh, the NRL. So more trials this week. Um, I'm not massively following the NRL trials, but I know you've been uh, following pretty intently. Pretty much the only piece of news that um, 
It all kicks- share is the uh, the Hayes Dunster injury to Bloody one shattering, of, mate. To he, one of your boys from the Eels. He um he had a really good finish the last year. Played well in the finals. This is like his big breakout year. Had and he's twenty one. He's young as I think he's twenty one, mate. Yeah, max twenty two. He he was looking prime for a big season on the right wing. Um, unfortunately, had a pretty rough hip drop tackle, unintentional by I'm not going to attempt to say his name. One of the Fui Maono. Excellent. <laughs> Tyrone, maybe? Um, yeah, so that was in the trial game against the Dragons. Um, a bit of a backstory to that. Is it... So Hayes dates... So, so Hayes Dunster has been dating Fui Maono's sister, who plays in the NRLW or WNRL, whatever they call it, yeah. for the last six years. High school sweethearts. So that would be uh, seriously awkward around the dinner table, I would have thought. Yeah, so Hayes got the full shallot with his knee injuries. The ACL, MCL, and PCL as well. And PCL. Fumano's so been rubbed out for the first seven weeks of the year, I believe. Five. He didn't challenge it. Five. Okay. So, um, oh. uh, yeah, but that's, like... Yeah. I, know, I know you can't judge a guy's suspension off the severity of the injury, but it just never tastes any good, does it? When you rub a guy out for a year and you sit out for five weeks. No, nah, especially if it's one of you. It fucking it, I assume they're mates. Like, oh, you would assume so. Yeah, I am, so and like you said, you watch the footage, and it's one of that we spoke about this morning. It's one of those things. The hip drops just been taught into guys from a young age, and yeah. they've only just rubbed it out. Yeah, so now they're so trying to one train of those it out, where they're trying to teach it out of guys. But this one was a bit unique. You know, Dunster was trying to run away yeah, from and, the tackle, and, and few years around his hips. Mayono's got him around the waist, and kind of just ended up slinging around. Like he he lost his footing was off the ground, off his feet. And then as he's landed, oh my goodness, oh, it was really sickening. gross. The thing with that hip drop tackle though, like now they're not intentionally doing it. It's just like when you get fatigued, 60, 70 minutes into rugby league game, especially at that level, yeah, you're going to make little especially mistakes. Especially for those high energy guys that are making a lot of tackles. Like those second rowers are making they're the, bulk tackles. They're the big like defensive workhorses. Yeah. And they're the, the, 20, been, the 25 to 35 a night tackle kind of guys yeah. And, he, yeah and you do you do that much leg work and I mean the players are obviously fitter these days but oh, it, Still. it just goes to show it literally takes one moment of like oh I don't know whether I can just drive like rather than getting him and driving him back it's like oh no nah, it's alright I'll just try and like hold onto him and see if he folds and his knees folded yeah so stiff yeah. Um, moving on to your club the Broncos last week I was talking a bit about Billy Walters um I thought he was going to come off the bench at 14, but he's been braining it in the trials. So there's a bit of chat that he will possibly, most likely partner Reynolds as the six. Yeah. I've seen there's been a few rumours that Reynolds might miss round one. Yes. With a bit of a niggle. Conveniently against Rabbitohs. Yeah. Um, but I think if, I think that's a good decision if Walters goes forward because he's looked really well. Oh, sorry, looked really good and played very well. No, it's a great sign and obviously... Seriously struggled the last few years. So now, like, there's a there is a possibility that Gamble and Kelly both miss out because Pakes has played well as well. So he's looking like he's going to be the fourteen. Turpin at nine, um, Walters six. Like, it's looking it's looking good for the Broncos. Going so, to sorry, more. Pakes off the bench. Yeah, in fourteen. Yeah. No, well, and I mean that could happen. And, and I mean, oh, you can't really see either of those other guys, Gamble or Kelly, get into the side unless they're playing the halves or off the bench. I mean, yeah. Tyson Gamble, Gamble would be a good 14. F- yeah. Um, Just don't know how he'd got nine, though. Nah. I, I think Kelly would be a better nine. But I think... Oh, Makes I too know. many areas, man. It's a tough one, isn't it? I, I think we've struggled so much the last few years, and a lot of that stems from not being able to get a halves combination that was going to work for us. 
Um, and I think massive, obviously, we spoke about it last week, huge signing, getting Reynolds. Um, and obviously, Kate Well, uh, another good signing. I actually think Jermaine Asako linked with the Eels this week. Yeah. So I reckon he'll go. I reckon that'll happen. I hope he doesn't. I reckon the Eels will go that. We have, we have Bailey Simonson. We have Sivo. We have Sean Russell. Like, King Gutho. I just don't really like Jermaine Asako, but like, whatever. If it happens, it happens. He's yeah. a good winger as long as he plays wing. He's not a fullback. No. Oh my goodness. Um, just he, another quick, just another lost. quick update is that the West Tigers last night were down eight 0 to the Roosters for seventy of the eighty minutes and ended up winning sixteen eight. Um, it was cool to see Jackson Hastings come back and start playing well again. He, didn't get off through his career the right way. Or of, and he spent a serious amount of time over in the Super League, didn't he? Like yeah, five or six seasons. Got a man of steel. He's come back to the Tigers and he's really fitting well. So it's, yeah. I hope he goes well this year. Yeah. Tigers another one. It's just like another one of these feel-good stories where guys go away, improve themselves, get better, and hopefully make the best of their second opportunity. Um, bad news for any DMC Tiger fans that uh, James Tarmo will get rubbed out round one for yeah. a uh, um, pretty little, horrific tackle. On little had a nickel as well. Walker, Little, their hooker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Came off the foot injured, so he looked pretty good too. So hopefully nothing too serious there. I think he played quite well last year yeah. for, for a team that is a perennial ninth. Nah, it's, I feel bad for him, man. He's stuck in the DMC club, so... They suck. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to the tennis. So, uh, and again, uh, there must be a tournament going on overseas somewhere at the moment. This is a niche stat. Daniil Medvedev, who uh, lost in the Australian Open final to Nadal. I stayed up and watched that whole match. It was an absolute ripper. I watched the first two sets and said, fuck this, I'm out. I'm getting the zzzzz. Yeah, because nobody wants to see Rafa lose here in Australia. And they didn't. He uh, came back from two sets of love down to beat Medvedev. Um, but Medvedev uh, overnight must obviously be doing all right in this tournament. That he has uh, shot up to world number one. So, And he is the first... World number one in the men's circuit since uh, outside of the big four. So outside of Federer, Nadal, Murray and Djokovic. First one outside of that group to go to world number one since Andy Roddick in 2003. That's fucking mental. It is out 19 years. We're in great... And, and seriously, I reckon Andy Murray's probably been world number one for about 15 minutes. Yeah. So really, it's it was, like it was, outside of those top three. It was just three. that bit where he won Wimbledon, that was about it. Yeah, and um, Nadal and or Nadal and Federer might have spent a little bit of time out injured. So yeah, obviously Murray got his chance. Very good player, but and uh, seriously, he'd have, won, he'd have won 12 titles in any other era. I reckon oh. Andy Murray. And instead, he's, he'll have won... Two, <laughs> so stiff um, ass. Don't mind it though. He's a pom. So we were you in two thousand three. We're in grade one. Yeah, grade one. Yeah. So I just moved to the Goldie. So it's pretty crazy that there's the same four blokes in rotation up the top. Yeah, look, I'd have been seven, six turning seven. It's just outrageous, and it just you know, it's another one of these things where you just can't fully appreciate the greatness until they're all gone. And even, like, the Australian Open this year was just different. Like, I, 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 personally, speaking from my own point of view, I actually didn't care what happened the entire Australian Open until the final. Because... Tennis is a weird one. They've, they've invested so hard in this top three. They kind of... Like, it's, it's as if you wouldn't. Like, they're unbel- all three of them are unbelievable athletes. But, like, what happened... They're all going to fall off. Not fall off, but, like, fade out at a similar time. It's going to be quite hard for them to build up all these personalities again. And a lot of the, and that, a lot of the guys don't really seem like they have much personality. That's why Curios is so... Um, polarizing. Polarizing is the word I saw yeah. before. Didn't have it. <laughs> I think... Um, 
and, and that's kind of, kind of what I mean. Like Australian Open's gone past. You want to watch Djokovic play. You want to watch Federer play. Even Andy Murray. No one likes watching him win, but you want to watch him play. He's a good player. Shit name. Yeah. But Do without it. without three of those top four guys, the interest really just wasn't there. Like, And until the final where you see, oh, yeah, Medvedev's been playing it right. And the only time, the only reason I'd watch Medvedev play was because he beat Kyrgios in the second round. Yeah. Or third round. My, my so, roommate loves Medvedev. Yeah, and a great player. And he's actually quite good to watch, but he seems like a complete flop. Fucking wake up. Right. Oh. <laughs> Toys at the court. Yeah. Hard to see. Seriously hard to cop. But I, I do agree with you. I think the the WTA or whatever, the World Tennis kind of Association, thing. whatever they are, they, they're going to struggle. They're going to start bleeding money because no one's going to care about what's going on. All these tiny tours and stuff, you know, unless one of the big four goes on these tours, no one actually cares. See, look, I actually don't care. Even even if there was, like Kyrgios, for example, if he goes over and plays in a tour overseas, I don't care. I will watch a Kyrgios game if it's on, but I won't actively seek it. Nah. So, and I reckon there's a lot of guys, a lot of people, like Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal, you actually can't dislike them. Nah. They, like Djokovic, you know, he's got a, a bit of a personality streak there that obviously people could dislike and then obviously this it's good whole, though because otherwise all three of them are the same yeah so and but it's just you know nadal and federer seem like such um great advocates for their sport that you just can't help but barrack for them even though they're knocking out australians every single year <laughs> with ease yeah so you know and then they and i reckon they kind of feel that too they kind of feel like the australian open is nearly their home tournament other than rafa obviously because he Checks in and checks out at Roland Garros with a dub. <laughs> he just—I don't even know why they've played Roland Garros oh, for the last fifteen years. That'll be the first time Rafa doesn't play that. Like once he's like completely done, it'll maybe be interesting again. Yeah, just to see who wins. Imagine that—they'd sell four tickets because everyone knows what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. It gives a fly. So um, yeah, but uh, pretty insane stat that no one outside the top four. Had been number one for nearly 20 years. years. That's fucking wild. Outrageous. So we'll move on to uh, our much... Well, it was very divisive as well last week. The This or That segment. Had a couple of... Uh, I don't know. A couple, couple of messages on Instagram. Oh, this is the one that I didn't expect to to be so divisive. But there's Zambreros yeah. v. Guzman. I don't know. Got some serious backlash from a, uh, from a certain Dolphins um, non-turning off spinner. Um, gave me some some serious heat on the old Instagram page about it. So he's the only Zambros customer. Yeah, I think I'm so. not copping that heat. So we might have to get him on at some point just so that he can he can you know support their argument and say hey nah, and then we can just both shut him down. It can be his first and last appearance. Zambros is shit. It has its place. It, it's not shit, it's but it's shit. not Guzman. Anyway, kick us off, Sean. All right. So this one's it's more sport based. So. Watching the NRL on either Fox Sports or Channel 9? The NRL, I don't I don't mind. I think it's probably better on Fox. That's where Gus Gould isn't, right? Yep. Yeah, no, it's definitely better on Fox. I tend to agree. It's a little bit like the cricket, where I would much rather listen to the cricket on 7 than on Fox. Mm-hmm. Because Why? Warney's on Fox. <laughs> And actually, to be fair, it's because Ricky Ponting's on seven. Yeah. And whatever he says is gospel, so I'm more than happy to listen 100%. to him all Sus Cameron Green. day. Um, you're going to have to keep going with this segment. I've got nothing, mate. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so, 
excellent preparation on the uh, armchair cricket podcast. probably aren't the best person for this question, but I'll give it to you anyway. Maccas versus Hungry Jacks. Um, that was actually the only one that I could think of off the top of my head. So you've stolen the only <laughs> one that I had. Um, yeah, I am the worst person to ask for that because I don't eat either of them. It's easy, Hungry Jacks. I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. What about ice cream versus sorbet? Oh, that's actually not bad. I've come up with that off the top of my head. Um, pretty happy with that. Not much of a dessert eater myself. Um, unlike your fiance, who pounds ice cream into the earth. Yeah. Um, like it's going out of fashion. It's nearly like some like she thinks that if I don't eat this in 15 minutes, someone's going to come and confiscate it. Well, it might melt. Yeah, no, it can't have that, eh? <laughs> um, Changes the taste. I'm going to go ice cream, but what are those wheat bars? What do they fall under? Uh, no, ice cream, I think. I think ice cream. Sorbet has its place, though. Don't mind it. But hard to say. It's going to be ice cream and some mint chocolate ice cream. Yeah. I. It's funny, and I mean, I only really have ice cream and, and or sorbet. Like if we're out for dinner or something and we'll just grab yeah, it. It's not something I buy for the supermarket. Nah, and I reckon I'm dead 50-50 in the middle as to whether I go ice cream or sorbet. All right, I reckon... What's your go-to sorbet flavour, but? Uh, lemon. Lemon? Yeah. Lemon sorbet slaps. Well, what's yours? I, I didn't realise there was another flavour of sorbet that was any good. Only sorbets I've had is what mum kind of put in front of me as a kid. I think there's a mango one. Yeah, no, actually mango sorbet is elite too. I thought you said you didn't know those other flavours. Yeah, no. Now I'm starting I've to I've caught you in a lie. It. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been wrapped up in a lie. Um, yeah, no. I, and, but then the other 50% of the time I go mint chocolate. So um, so this next one, it's the Battle of the Supermarkets. I know what your actual answer is, but it's not one of these options. Woolies versus Coles. You can't say Aldi. Well, it's not one of the options, so I wouldn't have given that as an option, Sean, as an answer. Um, no, I think uh, we now... We do a lot of our shopping at Coles purely because it's closer than the closest Woolies. Yeah. But I think Woolies is superior to Coles. Okay. So, from my house, like the next like sh- shopping centre is Southport Park. And Southport Park... Is puts, they both there? Southport Park puts me in an aneurysm every time I get there because there's Aldi, Coles and Woolies all oh, for the same venue. Goodness me. And I I think I go to a different one each time because I can't work out which one's better. But I used to be Woolies superior... But it was also like a geographical decision rather than a preference. I find the fresh produce at Coles is shit. Yeah, it's just like this constant gripe in it. You just you buy produce and you try and pick the best stuff you can, and then within two days it's gone to shit anyway. Like even getting onions, just bruised everywhere. It's want a good onion. Have you so hard? My, oh, markets. Going to the markets underrated, overrated. Nah, it's massively underrated. The what markets do you go so to? So much better. The Helensville one. Didn't even know it was markets. Yeah, at the high school, mate. They are the so you can keep stuff in the fridge. And this is no word of a lie. Um, Mum bought. <laughs> this, this is a Jody thing. Yeah, this massive thing of um, apples from the markets for me to take color, red, red apples to take away to the cricket carnival that I went on with yep. the under thirteens, and. They were in just like a I remember like a, a bag sitting in my car um, and not all of them got eaten. So there was probably like six or seven apples still in this bag in my car. And I'm not kidding. They stayed in there for at least six or seven weeks after, after the tournament finished. So they were eight-week-old apples. 
and I found the bag in the bottom of my car and I was like, oh my God, this is going to have turned into like oh, apple sorbet. vinegar. Apple sorbet. It is going to be foul. Got them out. They were crunchy as anything. I ate you, them. You didn't eat them. Ate them. Mate. All of them. them. Yeah, mate, they were unbelievable. Mud calls you iron guts because you'll eat anything. But that's mostly true. On. Uh, I've, on, I've only ever been taken down knowingly by a uh, by a dodgy Jack's Kebab snack pack <laughs> on a late on a Friday night. I rocked up to cricket. I thought I was going to shit myself through my whites. It was uh, it was no good. So, but no, these apples were great, and they're just they are that good. Whereas if you did that with uh, regular Coles or Woolies or Aldi apples, I reckon I'd have had to throw my car out. It would have actually rotten through the floor of my car. Um, Aldi. I went the Aldi. Thursday, Aldi Southport parking just get fucked. They changed the store like arrangement, not like the outside bits where the cooling is, but the middle corridors. Haven't they done that in pretty much all Aldis? I think they just do it to fuck with you. Yeah, and it does set fucks with me. So, like, I'll go in there, like, I'll, I'll give Aldi a go because you know like, you rave about it, and a couple others rave about it, and like, why not? It's it's there. I cannot find shit. There'll be like shapes or their rip-off version of Shapes, toilet paper, and then some random other product there one week. I'm like, sweet, I know where that is. I'll come back two weeks later, outside of the store. Can't help you. It took me like 15 minutes to find toilet rolls there. Yeah, no, and you do, you actually feel useless. You feel helpless. Like, and you can't walk out without like getting all your stuff. So you just end up wandering around for the next 20 minutes yeah. trying to find this one thing. Because I refuse to ask for help. No, I'm the same. <laughs> oh my God, I'm hopeless. Um, I, will, I would rather walk around, like Bunnings is probably the worst. <laughs> I would rather walk around for 20 minutes trying to find something. Nah, see Bunnings. And, and not find it and walk out <laughs> than ask nah. for help. Nah, Bunnings, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm getting help immediately. But to be fair, the 15-year-old serving me probably also does not know what he's talking about. But Aldi, back on Aldi, their flavoured milks, can fuck off too. You know what the brand is? No. Champ. Oh, wow. You're going to just like low-key champing everyone that I'm getting champed when I'm walking at Aldi and I can't find my stuff. Yeah, that hurts, doesn't it? That seriously hurts. Uh, all right, what about... Th- following on from that, Thick Shake versus Milkshake. Thick Shake. Lime. Thick Shake? Oh, Sean, don't do that. Nah, Lime. Don't or- do it to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> lime, if you, if you, you know, if you go. got Good set of taste buds, but next best is probably caramel. Yeah. I You were thicker in milk. I I was thicky. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna say I'm I'm perfectly on the fence. Again, it's like the whole ice cream versus sorbet. Why thing. is it even a thought? I'd probably do prefer thick shakes, but sometimes the milkshakes are just fine. Because actually sometimes the thick shakes aren't thick enough to even for me to class it as a thick shake so I still class it as a but milkshake but you order a thick shake yeah that's very fair because like if you want a milkshake you can just get a breaker or an oak flavoured milk that's fair I don't drink too many milkshakes actually to be fair full of sugar they're no good for you yeah I don't particularly they're usually just coffee iced lattes all the way <laughs> to hell with hot coffee I reckon that'll just about do us I reckon so. So again, guys, thank you for listening. Um, oh, there's one more thing. Oh, yeah, listening. Um, I forgot to say it last week, so I can't forget two weeks in a row. We're going to do an NRL tipping comp. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll pump it up on the Instagram page. We'll make it free to join. Uh, 26 weeks and we'll, uh, we'll sort some prizes out for the top three. Yeah, top three. I don't know what it'll be yet, but it might be some uh, limited, limited edition merchandise. Hopefully. And... We've got 28 weeks to sort our shit out. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't back me, but I back you. I guarantee that I'll do it in the 26th week available. <laughs> yeah, I will leave it until the 26th week. Like a uni assignment. Oh, God. No, just like everything. Yeah. So, no, thank you for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. Keep your eye out on the Instagram page um, for the tipping comp details. Um, do wanna, but, we could do an AFL one too. Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, we'll gauge the interest for it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I reckon, we'll, yeah, we'll do an AFL one as well. Fuck it, why not? There's a few boys cr- at cricket that are AFL heavy, so they'll oh, get around it. Absolutely. Sure. So, uh, yeah, um, keep your eye out for that. Um, otherwise, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Perfect. Thanks, guys.